Blessed one, welcome to Inspiring Word, a life-transforming encounter with the Word of God with Bishop Steve Asari. Bishop Steve Asari is the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, the Way Cathedral. Lighthouse Chapel International is part of the United Denomination, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Steve has a unique teaching gift and ministers powerfully under the anointing. Join us now on Inspiring Word with Bishop Steve O. Asari. It here. Amen. God is changing your life. Amen. God is transforming you. Your ministry is changing. Amen. Something about you is changing. Amen. A burning desire. A burning vision. Lift up your voice. Tell God, Lord, let there be that transformation. Lift up your voice. The crowd will change. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Somebody, can we pray? Lift up your voice. A burning desire. A burning vision. Somebody pray. Oh, somebody pray. A selfish desire. A penitent. Can I hear you, somebody? Can I hear you pray? Fire within. A fire within. The driving force. The power behind. The power behind. A driving force. And driving for for tax growth, one twenty, three thousand, five thousand, multitude, multitude, one twenty people, three thousand, five thousand, multitude, multitude, the drive, Let the drive, let the fire be on. Pray, let The fire with it, a burning desire for souls, 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 pray, pray, the fire, the fire, protect you, protect you, pray, somebody, lift up your voice, Fire! 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 Fire!
Somebody, I can hear you pray. Set the place of fire. A burning desire. A dragon force. A passion. Pray. A burning desire. A burning vision. It will drive you. It will force you. It will push you. It will move you. It will drive you. It will change you. Pray. yesterday that we are seeds wherever you find yourself you are a seed that is planted may you grow and become like a cedar Amen. we are praying that wherever God has planted us yes. he says that we will become a thousand and as I said he said the thousand will be common in your ministry Amen. I don't know whether you believe me I Yay. believe it with all my heart a thousand registered members. Yes. And he taught that from 120 into the thousands, 3,000 to 5,000 and to multitudes. You are a seed wherever you find yourself. Yes. May you grow and blossom. May you be fruitful. We are praying the Lord where you have planted me. I am a seed. We got the understanding, we got the knowledge yesterday that we are seeds planted. May we grow and blossom. Yes. May we become like cedars in Lebanon. 
you want to lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lift up your voice. Wherever you find God has planted you, you are going to grow. You are a seed. Declare, I am a seed that is growing. The seed has to fall to the ground. It dies, but it will spring forth. It will grow. All the best of the air will come and stay. It will go by safe. Lift up your voice. You are a seed. Maybe you are going through the dying stage. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Somebody pray. We are seeds. We are seeds. Wherever you find yourself, you are planted. You are dying. And you are growing. Grow into the thousands. Grow into the thousands. Grow. May God water us. Pray. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. We are seeing, we are seeing, planted, planted, every location where your church is, where your ministry is, grow, we cause of growth, we cause of growth, pray, pray for your church, pray for your ministry, pray, pray for the court, pray for the ushers, pray for the protocol, you are I see you are affecting it. You are growing. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and pray. We are seeing. We are seeing. We are growing. Yes. We might go through the process. We might go through the process. But ultimately, we are growing. We are growing. We are growing. Pray. See. Growing. Can I hear you pray? Lift up your voice. Wherever you have been planted, which area, which profession, wherever you are planted, see, grow it, and grace. God is able to make all grace abound. All grace, all grace, the grace of God, He is able to make all grace abound. You are growing. We are seeds. Oh, can I hear you? Somebody, can I hear you pray? I can't feel the prayer. Can I hear you pray? Can you humbly clap your hands and pray? Can we clap our hands and pray? Clap your hands and pray. Clap your hands and pray. Wherever we are planted, which area we are planted, where you are planted, may you cause growth. Thousand, one twenty, three thousand, five thousand, multitude. Multitude, we cause growth. This is out of ministry. Your ministry is growing because you are seed planted. Your ministry is changing. It's growing. Somebody lift up your voice. It's growing. There's an anointing. There is an anointing. Your ministry is growing. My ministry is growing. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. Somebody 
Welcome to join us this day too. Please don't go nowhere. Get glued to your set. And God's servant is coming our way again. But before he comes to pave the way, help me welcome powerful minstrel Belinda. Please give it up for Belinda while she blesses us. Show some love for Belinda, please. Amen. Oh. 
want to do your will and I want to love you forevermore. I bless the day you called me. I bless the day you chose me. The day you anointed me to preach your word. So teach me the art of hearing. Teach me the art of following that I may hear you and follow you. I bless the day I found you, Lord Jesus. I want to stay around you, serving in your house, Lord, doing your will. Oh, each time I pray. Hallelujah. What a blessing to be back here this morning. Are you blessed to be here? Did you sleep a little? At least a little. Bishop Papu, good to have you again. Thank you, dear Lord, for your mercy. Thank you for grace. And thank you for your love. Holy Spirit, Speak to us, teach us, lead us, guide us, take us deeper, take us higher, 
grant insight. Let somebody receive that very direction and the very word that they need for their lives and for their ministry. Nobody is a failure here. For we are here for the grace from your presence to make us failure-proof in ministry. Nobody is a failure here. Everyone that is called a failure or is seeing failure around, let there be a complete total conversion from something that is down and not working to something that is great and marvelous. Thank you for fresh oil on our ministries and fresh oil on our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Mm. Okay, it's good, but the sound is a lot on stage. I don't, not a lot like high, but a lot like We are blessed for day two of our Art of Ministry conference, aimed at bringing sharpness into our ministries, God bringing us life, um, zeal, zest, and even hope for people who, through the tribulations that ministry offers, tend to lose hope. Remember that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So if you said God has called you. Uh, then God has called you. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to get to a point. Then you are now into something else. Either God has changed his mind about you, but without repentance means that he doesn't change his mind about it. Or you have retired. Why do you retire so early? Or something else is more important than being in the ministry and working for God. And we know that there is nothing more important than being in the ministry and working for God. The flow is from resigning from other things to give your life for the ministry. So if you resign from the ministry to go and be a banker, or you have resigned from the ministry to go and be um, a teacher, or something like that, an Uber driver, or so, I mean, it's, it's weird, because that's not how it works. God calls you from what you were doing, and then you come 
and give your life wholly to him. As I'm talking, I'm trying to scan through the Bible to see anybody that God called and then later he uncalled. So then he had to go and do another job. Can you find anybody like that? If God calls you and you attempt to run away, you find yourself in the belly of a fish. Yes, that's where you end up. So, moving to the other side from the ministry is total backsliding. Is that you have given up on the faith and you are doing something else. But what will make us also do this is many frustrations that come in ministry. And ministry, if you are really doing ministry with your heart, like we were talking about yesterday, that the thing is in your heart, it's a burning desire, it's a strong desire, and you are working at it, and you want to reach somewhere, definitely you will see a lot of frustrations. If you don't really care, you'll be okay. But if you do care about what you are doing, you have a lot of frustrations from all kinds of angles. Maybe you think that if you see somebody whose church seems to be working, then he doesn't have frustrations. He has a lot, a lot of it. And everyone has a lot of it. But maybe you don't know because you are not close to them. And the reason why you have a lot of frustration is that you also have a desire or a, 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 a vision that you are trying to meet. So maybe from your point of view, the person is very successful for what he's doing. But from that person's point of view, because of the kind of vision he has and the target he has set for himself, he's not there and he's very frustrated. But you, you say, if I was like this person, I wouldn't have any problem at all. So there's a lot of frustration, but we only need to keep ourselves going strong in it and being determined that this thing, we are never going to slow down on it or give up on it or, you know, let go. But if God has called me, I am following through with it to the end. And that's what I tell people, that if this is, of all the things that are around to be done, this is what you have chosen to do, then let your heart be in it. And do it in a way like this is your life. You don't have any other life but this. And... As you do it with your heart, God looks on the heart and God will bless you. And like I was saying yesterday, sometimes, I mean, I talked about two, one I read of Amazia, is that he did the will of God. He did what was right, but the thing was not from his heart. So God didn't 
appreciates what he did very well. Because, yes, you have done, but it's not from your heart. And then we see somebody to who, from his heart, tried to or did what he could do, but he didn't do certain things right. Asa. He said, didn't, the high places that people were sacrificing to idols, he didn't destroy them. They were still there working. But God was very happy with him because he did everything he did from his heart. And that is what makes all the difference. Hallelujah. So let your heart be in it, and God will also respond to what is in your heart. Somebody like Ahab, do you know that God didn't punish Ahab? God spelled out all the punishment that you give. I'll do this, he said, but not in your time. But those who will come after you. Is it because maybe God noticed that, look, Ahab didn't do certain things right. But perhaps from his heart, when he went, he said, I want your vineyard. And he said, I won't give you. He didn't kill the guy. He didn't fight him. He didn't do it. He just went to his house to go and cry. That this is what I need and I'm not getting. That's the only problem. But then, he also had a wife who said, no, if you are the king, there's nobody who can tell you that you can't have this or you can't have that, you know. So then, wife rather arranges things. So God says that, yes, you are a wicked leader, you have killed somebody, but really, it wasn't in your heart to kill the person. It's something else that took you into this calamity that you find yourself in. So, the Bible says that if you judge yourself, you will not be judged. So, it's important for us to judge ourselves and to look at our motives and, you know, our ways and everything so we can understand ourselves. It helps you to even pray better. Amen. I'm saying that ministry, you no, know, is really complex. And if you are doing it from your heart, you would have a lot of frustrations. Actually, if you are in ministry and you don't have frustrations, maybe you are yet to enter. You are now thinking about it. Though they call you pastor or reverend or bishop, but you are now, you are yet to enter into that. But if you are in it, frustration, serious frustration is part of it. Whatever level. If you read um, God's generals, the, the, um, I think the first one, the one that has, um, who are the guys? Yes, 
yes, Smith Wigglesworth is in that one, and um, A. Allen, for example, is such a person, and um, the young man. Jaco is there, but uh, why am I forgetting his name? Is this, no, it's not Sam Moore. Who are the people who went to Bible school and they thought, hey, Kevin, what, why are you sitting down? No, no, not the young guy, the young guy, the small boy who started ministry very, and later he ended up in a woman's house. And who? Evans Roberts, yes. Young person. God has called him. He's ministering. Things are working. But issues. Yes. And it's like he's even losing his mind. Yeah. But God called him. Young. How old was he? Do you remember? Very young. Then after all it ended, it was even like sickness, physical sickness in his body. He was sick, he couldn't do anything, and so he ended up, a certain woman was now trying to help him. Do you see? So, embrace it. It's part of it. If you want to leave ministry because of frustration, and you don't understand that thing, because if you are there, that is the um, other side of it, the side effect of ministry is frustration. And if you don't have quite a bit of it, I'm saying that ask yourself questions whether you are really into the thing. Say amen. Yes. Now, yesterday we talked very much about the need for us to have the heart for um, a mega church to grow our churches and for God to help us and then also for you to have that mind to have a mega church because if you don't have that you are missing something and losing out on what you really have to do. Acts chapter 1. And being assembled together in verse 4 with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John verily baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days Hence, so those who also um, baptize with the Holy Ghost. Have you heard about Holy Ghost baptism? It's in the Bible. Do you see? And as leaders and pastors, let us also have biblical basis for things. Because, look, now people have come into the world who are challenging everything. And sometimes when I look at what is happening in the world, I wonder how the world will be in 10 years and in 20 years' time. Because the short time I've been around, I've also seen a lot of change. 
Yes. Even in church. Those days when we were Christians, <laughs> when you see a Christian, I mean, you know that this person is a Christian, especially the ladies. Yeah. Those days. But now, it is when maybe the person uses some Christian jargon or strings out some tongues. Then you say, oh, Sana, or a Christian, because it is very difficult. I went to a church, one of the leading charismatic churches in those days. That time, I don't think even Lighthouse was there. I mean, few, about one, two, three. And I saw ashes with um, their girl ashes, their nails painted, medicure. That's how they call it. Okay. Not lipstick. And the kind of Christianity I knew at the time, a real Christian girl doesn't have that. But this was also like a real church that had come up in town. So that day, I had to admit and tell myself that, well, these days when you see this, don't write the person off. So that's how it has been. I've from what I learned from the beginning, I've relaxed a lot of things, relaxed this, dropped this, relaxed this, dropped this, and now whether it's jeans or whether it is torn jeans or tattered jeans or say you are being dressed down in the church, then trouble has come in the church. Do you see? But... It was not so. When you see, you will know. But now you need signs. See, I don't know what will happen, but the point I'm making is that people have things against everything of the church, even against going to church. Yes. Seriously. Against going to church, against giving offering, against tithing, against, I mean, somebody will put a real man of God on television and ask him questions and challenge him about <laughs> tithe and offerings in the church. And that's where we are going. And it's not getting any better. Yes, it's not getting any better. So I'm saying you need, we need the word. I mean, have you seen Christians going to church without Bible? But today, it's a common thing. We just walk in the church because there's a screen. They'll put the scripture there for us to read. Yeah, without Bible. And it is not even like we have a Bible we read and we just didn't carry it. You see, the real Christian, all buttons only Bible. Yes, easy is there. And when they come, they have uh, their phone, and they say, that's my Bible. I, I 
I, I frown on phone, at least within the area around me that I can see. Was it last Sunday or something? Before I even mention a verse, somebody is already on the phone. Like, I said, what are you doing? You are looking for a verse. He said, yes. I said, what verse have I mentioned? I'm the one preaching. I'm the one preaching. I haven't called any verse. And you are busy on your phone like you are checking some verse. What verse is there to be checked by you at this time? They are doing all kinds of things on it. And I wonder how you can be serious about scriptures and church on your phone. For me, I wonder, because my phone is always, as I stood here, I've seen two calls on my phone already. Yes, it's always having something, somebody is calling or somebody is... So if you you have quiet time and your quiet time is on your phone, Welcome, sir. How can you do quiet time on your phone with all the WhatsApp messages and everything coming in? And so do you, and I, I don't understand. Do you understand? Ah. Do you think you have the willpower to ignore all the messages knocking on your screen and then concentrate? You are not concentrating. No. They say, but that's where we are. The Bible is phone, and the Bible is, um, the phone is Bible, and the phone is also everything. So you see that there's shallowness, but we need to go deep and have Bible verses that support what we do. I'm saying all these things because of Acts 1 5 that, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So if the church, in the church, we talk about Holy Ghost baptism, it's not just a nomenclature, but it is in the Bible. And it's, it is important part of what we need to know in the Bible. Verse number six, read. Acts 1, 6. When they were therefore, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. Then verse 8 is the verse that we, we, we know and we use a lot. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, I read all these verses to show you that we use this verse 8, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. When you receive power, you become witnesses and you will be witnesses and that word there is what we use for evangelism is that not so a witness is somebody who gives account of what he knows and what he has experienced and um when john was writing in john one he says that the things that we have seen which our eyes have looked upon and which our hands have handled, 
these things will write unto you. He is a witness. I've seen it. I know it. And I'm talking about the same thing, writing to you. Now, a witness is not somebody who knows everything about everything. But a witness is somebody who has an experience or a knowledge of any aspect of whatever is being treated. So in, in church, there are some people, they cannot do evangelism because they don't know the Bible like the way you know it. And I always tell them that you don't need to know the whole Bible before you do evangelism. You just have to be a witness. Your own experience of your salvation is a very powerful message. If you can talk about it, if you are really saved. That's a witness. That's what you have experienced. That's your experience, and that's what you know. And if you can talk about that, it's a very powerful message, and it, 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 it has the power of transforming people without knowing the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And I'm not saying you shouldn't know. You should know something, but you may not. Now, the whole scripture that we have read is about also the Holy Spirit. Because from verse 5, he's repeating, this is Luke writing, repeating the things that he has been saying in Luke chapter 24 about they waiting till the Holy Ghost will come. Um, um, Jesus charged them in Luke chapter 24, which is the last chapter of the Bible. And in, um, I think, verse 36, check if, if it's verse 36, somebody should faster on the screen, should be faster on the screen for them. And as they that spoke, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Continue very fast for me. But they were terrified. 38, 39. Yes. Um, continue, please. That's not what I'm looking for. Person is slow. Yeah. So... 46, verse 46. And ye are, uh huh. And he said unto them, That is written, <laughs> and that it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Then verse 47 says that, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses. Of these things. Is it not the same word we are seeing in Acts 1 8? Ye are witnesses of these things. Then, verse 49, he said, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. In other words, I've made you witnesses, I've made you, if you like, preachers. People who are going to witness about me and are going to testify about me and are going to preach about me. But one condition is that don't go yet. Stay here in Jerusalem until you have received the experience of the Holy Ghost. Watch this. 
In other words, the reason why you are about to experience the Holy Spirit or the reason you are re- waiting for the Holy Spirit is so that you can go out and become witnesses. You get it? So that is the reason for the Spirit. I've given you a job to do, but stay here and wait. I'll give you a sign. And once you have that sign, you can now go and do the job. If you don't have it and you go, something bad will happen to you. What is the reason for the sign? To now empower you for the work of witnessing, becoming a witness or becoming a preacher. And in the same then in verse 8, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. So the Holy Ghost coming is to do one very powerful thing. To empower you to become a witness. That's the main thing, is it not in the Bible? Now, modern Christianity, we have changed the thing. The Holy Ghost coming is to empower you to speak tongues. This is our tongues. And we tend to end the whole Holy Spirit experience with tongue speaking. So once, maybe they laid hands on you or in the church or something, and then you started stringing out some tongues. That's it. You are done. You have arrived and you have achieved. But remember that there's a reason why the Holy Ghost was given. He said, I'm sending you so that you become witnesses. You receive the power to witness. So church and Christians and pastors, let's ask ourselves whether the Holy Spirit is really playing the role that he was sent to play. He's doing the thing that he was given to us to do with that. Or he has become like some additional credentials that we have for ourselves that when we go and we blow some tongues and, I mean, usually against the devil. But it's not necessarily so. It's there. It helps you in your prayer and those things. Paul talked about that. But when Jesus was introducing the Holy Spirit, he said that the main thing is that you will be a witness. The main thing is that you will preach. This morning, I'm talking about evangelism in the church. Yes. If you want to have a mega church and you are looking for church growth, you need, there must be evangelism happening in the church. And the Holy Spirit, now as for tongues, it's not a problem. We have a lot of tongue talkers in the church, true or not true. I mean, this modern church, that is about I mean, forgive me if I'm saying something wrong, but the easiest, this thing. Yes. Is that not so? 
when we, we became Christians, I mean, early days, it wasn't easy to speak in tongues. No, 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 no. You say you were a scripture union. If you are scripture union, tongues, and you're easy, you don't get it like that. <laughs> Me fasting for a long time. Yes. Looking for tongue. I had a very good friend. He's now a Pentecost. I mean, he's been a Pentecost apostle for some time. And I mean, in school, we used to move around school, joke around and then, then one day he was a Pentecost boy. Somebody asked me, do you know that your friend, he speaks in tongues? From that day, I was afraid of him. Oh, yes. I mean, that is the extent to which I valued or cherished the experience of the spirit that is manifested in tongues. My own friend, we, we move around, we, if you like, fool around. But from that day, I had some reverence for my friend. But I'm saying that today is about the easiest. Yes. I prayed. I fasted. I went for that time, Reverend Owusu Free's Youth Evangelism School. That I have to speak in tongues at this time. They will lay hands on me. No tongues. But then I realized that when I go out, when I, I used to pray on my own, after the sessions, I'm pray, when I'm praying, then the thing is coming. Something is coming. But when they lay hands on me, I don't feel anything. And then when I go to pray, it's coming. But what was coming was also different from uh, other people's own that I was also, I'll press it back, say, no, it's not you. You are not the right person. <laughs> it sounds different. I wanted it to sound like the others that I was hearing. I went to see one of the leaders who rebuked me. I remember the scripture he said, if uh, uh, God, if your children will ask for stone, will you, will you give him, uh, ask for bread, will you give him a stone? And if he asks for fish, will you give him a serpent? And if God knows how to give good gifts, uh, you wicked guys know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more will the Father give the Holy Ghost to them? That, that's the scripture he used for me, to rebuke me brutally. And it helped me. Yes, it helped me very much. I said then it was difficult, but now it's come. But even it is rather now that there's no evangelism in the church. If this is the purpose, now that we have a lot of Holy Ghost presence With the manifestations of tongues, it is rather now that evangelism is uncommon in the church. True or not true? So then what is the Holy Spirit for? And Christians lack spiritual experiences.
Because if you have Holy Ghost power in your pocket that you speak tongues in your room or in the church, what experience will you get? What experience? The only experience is that you are speaking in tongues. So it doesn't develop us. It doesn't make us grow. Experiences make you grow. When you experience the thing, you grow. Remember what Jesus said in Mark 16. He said, these signs, no. Um, that verse 17, but verse 16, give me Mark 16. 16. Yes, 16. 16, 16. Yes, 15 from verse 15. That's where he turned. He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There is the great commission according to Mark. Is that not so? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So he's giving the great commission, the charge for Christians. And then, before you get to verse 17, and in verse 17, he said, These signs shall follow them that believe. But you know how it is that Christians will easily jump to verse 17 and be craving for the signs and jump over 15 and 16, which is charging you to go out there. And remember, the signs that is given they are not for like if you go and witness to someone and the person believes then this sign i believe that that word there this sign shall follow them that believe this sign shall follow them that believe what i'm saying now and then they use the word to go out and do the work when they go out then they will experience these signs in my name they will cast out devils you have tongues in your room. Which devil is there to be cast out? If you blow tongues in your room. Yes. It's true. That's why we end up casting things that don't need to be cast out. God created him. He too, his life is to be on the wall. Then when you see one on the wall, the greatest Satan has come into your room at that time. That's how God made him to be. Go out there and these signs, they will follow you when you are out there. But if you are not out there and you are in the church and in your room, you, why, why would somebody follow you when you are not going anywhere? You are not going anywhere. You are in one place. Who should follow you? And how do they follow a, a stationary object that is not moving? That's why we lack the experiences. Oh, yes. Early days in Christianity, I mean, somehow, I mean, we didn't know anything. 
just scripture union, but God put something also in our hearts. Like, I had a friend. He lived in Labadi. I was in Akosombo. And he would come to me in Akosombo just so that we could go witnessing. Yes. And it was nice. Go out, house to house. I mean, I remember one time when he came, Akosombo, we have, um, what was that, community center. Is it community center where they watch films? Yes. We stand, we, we are not going to watch, but we are standing at the entrance to the, to the hall. As people are passing to go and watch, we are preaching. And we are preaching to them, we are preaching to them, we are preaching to them, we are preaching to them. I experience praying for the sick and the sick being healed early in those days. And one of my desire, or our desire at that time is to meet a sick person. So we have the opportunity to pray. Come on. How can you say that I prayed and somebody was healed? Unless you went and you prayed. <laughs> and if you didn't go and you didn't pray. I have my first experience of, I think I was in like secondary school from three about somebody whose uh, destiny didn't drop. Dr. Efren is saying. Undescended testes. Yes, my own nephew. I came from school, secondary school, said they had appointment for surgery because the thing one had come out and one was still inside, A2. <laughs> and both must be out. So I took this small boy, little boy, into the room and... <laughs> I just dropped his pant and held the thing in my hand like this. Opportunity comes but once. Me born is a tennis ball me same kakra. And I said this thing you will come out. <laughs> I, I I always remember this one because it was my very first experience and I was shocked. And I prayed for him. Then put the thing on and he went. And they went to the hospital for the appointed this. And when the doctor examined it, oh no, we don't need any surgery. We don't need any surgery. It's done. And up till today, he hasn't done any surgery, but he's a normal man married with three children. Yes. It didn't just come out, but it received extra power. That's the source of the power that makes children. Yeah. So I'm saying that when you go out, then you meet things. Akosombo Hospital. Nice. Go all kinds of sick people. Then you pray here, pray there, pray there. It was like a great spiritual experience. 
And Christians must love these experiences. If you go and evangelize and you go and somebody is sick in the house, there is opportunity count but one. Bring that sick person to me now, quickly. If you go around and didn't meet a sick person, you should be disappointed. Yes. These signs, they will follow you when you are going. As you are going, the signs are following. The signs are coming after you. <laughs> but if you sit down with tongues and you are always speaking in tongues, that is the only evidence and power of the Spirit. This is not. And ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. Then as you become a witness, these signs, they will follow you. May God lift you up from a dry, experience-free life. Because where the real experiences are, you are not there. Yeah. And our, we are pastors to encourage our members to also, because look, otherwise the whole Christian is some very raw, boring, flat type. It's not like that. No, it is not like that. It's not like that. It's not like that at all. It's not like that. So I've charged you go but before you go wait the holy spirit will come and do something after that then now you are ready so the whole essence of the coming of the holy spirit is please sit down the whole essence of the holy spirit coming is um for evangelism right very good. Who are reading the books? Okay. Very good at all. Are you still here? What is the formula for the arrangement? I won't tell them. them. Okay, and Anakazu. Very good. So, beautiful. Thank you. Now, this book, tell them, it's a book. 120 reasons why you must be a soul winner. How many reasons? 120. If you are not convinced with 10. They will add 10 more to be 20. We are still not convinced. They will add 10 more to be 30. They keep adding till it gets to 120. If you are still not convinced with 120, then the matter is very serious. <laughs> and I want to recommend this book to you. These are things you can teach as a pastor. And I know as a pastor, every time we seriously get into teaching this, it tears up 
more evangelism in the church. It's 120. It will never get fed. There's no way in your church you can teach 120. Because maybe if you take a one sermon, you may do just one or two or three. Do you see? So it is always there and you can teach it, you can encourage, you can stir up, use it to stir up evangelism in the church. 120 reason. The book is tell them. And the other day says 120 reasons why you must be a soul winner. Then this one is how you can preach salvation. And this is it's salvation sermons. Usually these are the messages that the evangelist has been preaching at the crusades and things for salvation. So it's all also been put in a book for us. So if you have a program, it's a crusade, it's an open air something, anywhere that the whole thing is about salvation, you have message here that you can preach powerfully. You can also use it to train or to encourage your people so that when they go out, they know what they can preach. 110 salvation messages. Beautiful. Then, this is Anakazo. The compelling power. Yes, extracts of this. I don't know whether it's the whole book. This is a very small book. It's also, yeah, it's in the um, Macarius. But you can find this also in um, church growth is possible. You can find, I don't know, I think almost everything plus some new some things will be there for you. But this one. There must be evangelism in the church. There must be. There must be evangelism in the church. If the pastor is the only person doing evangelism who understands evangelism, there's something wrong. There must be evangelism in the church. And this book will help you very, very much. They are all in the Macarius Library. And I'm also happy to announce to you that we have a very reduced, discounted price for the Macarius. Only 250 CDs for the Macarius from 600. So you better grab your copy and all these things are in it. Beautiful. Now, for yes church evangelism I'll say two things one is this anakazo so Luke chapter 14 read from verse 16 
Yes. Then said he unto a, a certain man made a great supper and bid many. And sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come for your dinner. What a shock. <laughs> so that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in either the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And he, the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is more room. Mm. Then verse 23 is the Anakazo verse. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highway and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. So that word, compel, the Greek is the word anakazo. I'm sure that, I mean, these are things that we have heard about and we also relate these things to our, uh, to lighthouse and things. But like I said yesterday, let's go back down to the nitty gritties of it and to the basics of the thing and get a better understanding because sometimes we think we know, but we really don't know it. In preparation for this conference, some people went to a church, like we try to go to churches and invite. So as these um, people were, uh, approached the church, and the, the, the person in the pastor was preaching, he saw them, and it's like, no, 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 we don't have time for you. You stop the preaching to address the people who were coming in. Do you see? So, we can't have time for you. We are preaching. If you want anything, just then. He said they didn't even hear that the pastor was addressing them. So, somebody who was out there, they tried to talk to them. He said, no, don't, don't, don't talk to him. He's his person. Don't talk to them. And this, that, that, they can wait. If they can't wait, then that is it. So, as they now saw that the, the thing was about them, they began to move out. And then the man said, if you say you are an Akazo, we are also an Akazo. <laughs> and you see, when they said it, it was interesting because that's why I said that sometimes we think we understand it. The Anakazo we are talking about here, it never drove anybody out of the church or out of the party. Can't you see that? The Anakazo is rather bringing people into the party and not. And your dean doesn't mean anakazo. Maybe they are two different things. Yes. The power of anakazo, the practice of anakazo, is to bring people inside, not to scare people out. 
So if that is the power, then it is not so that you are not practicing the right thing. Yeah. So anakazos simply means to compel. It also means to necessitate, to drive, to constrain by all means, such as force. To use force or to use threat or to use persuasions or to use entreaties. Sometimes, okay. Yeah, so there are three words, Greek words that we will note over here. But the point, the important point I should make to you is that the world has come to a point where nice, soft, gentle approach to evangelism, it, it doesn't work. You need to put some force. You need to necessitate. You need to compel. You need some compelling force. When Bishop taught about Anakazo and we're doing the real, the, that time, what we knew Anakazo was was that you start the service and then after prayer, worship for some time, you close down the service and everybody goes out. Yes, in Kolegono. And then we go and look for people and organize them and bring them in. Then the service, uh, it resumes, and then we continue. So what can, and you will not like such a church. That what dress is fine. You go to church and then they say, go out and break. But that is what, if you, that is what was used to build the church in, in, in and, and we also do it. I mean, these days, not so much of break, uh, stopping the church and going, but at least we understand that. To be able to get people to come to church, you need something more than your normal, gentle approach. Nobody is using that very gentle approach to sell their things in town. They are using anakazo to make you buy things. Everything is aggressive. So if Christianity and the church, we, 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 we are cool people. So if you like, come. If you don't like, don't come. Nobody will come. No, nobody will come. So, first of all, there must be evangelism. And second, we need also to change our approach in certain areas. And maybe those of us who think we do it and it's not done in a certain way. You could, somebody say, I don't have a shirt. What do you do? You look for a shirt and say, this is shirt. I don't have shoe. This is shoe. This is anything and everything. I remember I went out those days with uh, Reverend Imad, a big man. He's not sitting here now. You are here. Yes. And these people were supposed to come to church. I don't even know what day it was, whether it was Saturday or whatever, or there was a program. And it's like they are pounding fufu so they couldn't come to church. We went and we said, we'll help you to finish pounding the fufu right now so that you can come to church. Yes. Force ourselves inside. And get done what must be done just so that will get them to come. 
one of them is a pastor now. Wow. He's in England. Yes. The Dos or Nados. Yes. Richard Nador. Yeah. And even one, another one is in your church. Is she still there? <laughs> forgotten the name. Miss, I've forgotten the name. This man's wife, our cameraman. Do do Mrs. Do do, yes. Rosemary, yes. Is she there? It was a house. By Peace FM. Yes. I don't know whether they gave Reverend Ma some of the fufu to eat after I left him. <laughs> but it's like we are doing anything possible. Welcome, sir. For everybody to come. So please, gentle approach it. It must change. Everything is moving in a very fast way and strong way. I'm telling you. Even if you are a pastor and you are on the internet doing certain things, you have to because Bibi or Hua, they will not even name it the way it is. When you click on it, certain things will begin to come. <laughs> oh, is that not so? Yes. Just click something, then, hey! Something pops up. And they put it there without even notice. So, there are other two other Greek words. The other one is biazo. So we have looked at anakazo. It's in Luke uh, 14, 23. Biazo is, biazo is a Greek word found in Matthew 11, which means to use for. So let's read that one. Matthew 11, 11 and 12. Why is it not here? Matthew 11, 11. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And then verse 12 says that, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violent, and the violent take it by force. So, I know you are a, gent a pastor must be gentle and cool, is that not so? You are not a violent person. But the Bible is advocating violence. Against your nature. And against what we know a pastor to be cool, gentle, you see? Don't they like in the traditional churches. If you're a Presbyterian, you're a Presbyterian. Your children are Presbyterian. Your grandchildren are Presbyterian. So the pastor is there. He has his members. They will come. But your church, where are your members who would command their children and their grandchildren and their nephews and their where are they to come to the church? You don't have. So you need to do something extra. So that kind of cool pastor with a collar sitting coolly because his members will come. You are not there. That's right, that's right, that's right. He are not there. You don't have it. Wow. Yes. We do to the point when 
you go, people will run, they will go and hide and say that they are not there. They are jumping walls. Yes. They are running, they are whatever. I mean, it's also okay. You can run, but you cannot hide. Yes. And at least, I'm sure it's recorded in heaven that we made an attempt on you and you ran away. Yes. So, the word um, violent, eh? uh, uh, the Greek word found in Matthew, which means to use force, or to force one's way into a thing. This is the quality I find lacking in Christian circles. We are forceful about everything else except God's work. We are forceful about our jobs, our girlfriends, our marriages, our future. But when it comes to God's work, we become like timid mice. But today we are changing. Is it not true that we are forceful in other things that we want to do? If this is what you want to do, you are forceful. You see a person, a woman with a husband and three children, and they are doing a course at Central University. Or which other university? They will force, they will leave their children, they will go do everything. But maybe just move from here to there and do some work. Oh, because of the children, now it's very difficult. See, when I didn't have children, I was bad. You can leave them to go and do your degree or your master's degree very easily. We are forceful about other things, but not about the kingdom. But now the time has come for us to force our way into the kingdom and to use some force. Look, the people in the world today want to see a thing. They are ear hard. So a certain gentle approach will not work. We have to go beyond the gentle approach and use something else. Yes, something else. Something else. The other word is anadea. Luke eleven eight. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. So that word anadea is the word importunity, which means is a Greek word used once in the Bible. It means shameless. Use shamelessness. Why shamelessness? Shamelessness is important. Again, why is it that, like I said in the Bible, people go to church, they don't have Bible. Now, it is even like a shame to carry Bible. I don't know whether it's shame or it's old-fashioned. It's not cool that you are carrying Bible. And the same way, it is also a certain way. I mean, in advanced places, other countries, I mean, where you come from, even to open your mouth and tell somebody about salvation and Christ, they even making it into an offense. It's an offense. And if you're a Christian, you are weird. 
You are not normal. There's something strange about you. So then what they are trying to do is to bring a certain level of shame, shamefulness on coming out even to say that you're a Christian. People are bolder to come out to say they are homosexuals. Now in our world, than to come out to say that you are Christian. Many of the people in our churches, the reason why they can't do evangelism is this thing called shame or shamefulness or yeah, fairly. Oh yes. No. Anything and the world is also pressing us in. Look, the church we are doing here, we call charismatic church. Where did we learn it from? Is it not America? Yeah, yeah they started everything and we copied. And now, as they have also changed everything in their country and around, and things are very different to the point that even schools... You don't have to say anything about Bible or about God or about this. Even here, I'm on a WhatsApp group, and they, they talk about a place that I worked before. A lot of people work there and go live, just like me, because it's more like a training place. So we formed the, the, the alumni of people who have been to so a professional office. And when people join... When I joined, they gave the rules of the platform. And one of the things is that there's no religious discussions here. Yeah. No devotion and no, don't say anything about religion. He just here in Ghana. Yes. Here in Ghana. I'm not talking about, I've never been to school outside Ghana before since I was born. Just here. So then, even when you belong to a group like this, you can just be timidly there to come out to say you are... It's a difficult thing. Yes. But here in Ghana, let's have boldness. Biazo. Anadea. Boldness. Is that not what Jesus, uh, God gave us? As... Four, eh? Acts chapter four, read verse thirty-one. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with what? With what? With boldness. So this is what we need. And is it not the Holy Spirit who came to shake the place? That when the Holy Spirit comes, no, it's about witnessing and speaking the word of God. So they prayed, the Holy Spirit came. There was earthquake, a tremor, local tremor. Like this place, only the church is shaking, nowhere else is shaking. And what he did to them was to give them more boldness to go and preach. May God give you boldness. And may this boldness transcend also to the members of your church. They are not afraid because they, 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 they will go 
and do what they have to do. Acts chapter 4 again, verse 13. Acts 4, 13. Now when they saw the boldness mm, of Peter and John perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they have been with Jesus. Boldness. I'm talking about boldness. Anakazo is about boldness. Yes. Number one. Mm-hmm. This what? I'm still in an anakazo. And then I have something else. Why anakazo is important. Number one. Anakazo is important because only a certain type of evangelism will lead to church growth. People are not going to be convinced or compelled to know, to know God through our little church games. Our Mickey Mouse church programs and bazaars will not go very far in today's world. We must go out there and drive them to God. So you need, if you want church growth, like we were talking about yesterday, he says that anakazo is important because a certain type of evangelism is what will bring church growth. Let the churches evangelize. Let us be clashing over people out there. That my people are doing something and then your people are, and then I hear that they are fighting over some people because you say they are your people and they are my people also. It shows that we are working, we are doing something in the place. I mean, I, I, I tell my people, when people fight over souls in the church, I'm happy. Yes, it means that they are thinking about the work and they are doing. Yes, we have had serious fights. Reverend Alex, who did you fight with? Reverend Ima, over who? Pastor Love. I mean, when they were fighting, they are my people, I mean, my pastors, that I was worried about. When I heard that they were fighting, fight a, a, a what? A good fight of faith. Said so this one is a good fight. <laughs> because Love was some strong guy who had also been converted. This is a guy who was invited to church and he told the girl that you have to buy a bottle of beer for me to drink. Then I'll, I'll follow you to church. And the girl actually bought, did, did she buy the beer? Bought the beer for him to drink. And that day he didn't come. He, he, after the beer, then he came to church. Yes, he became a pastor. <laughs> what do you think? We can give one bottle for somebody to be converted and become a pastor. <laughs> you haven't done badly. <laughs> if you give it, the person doesn't get converted, he has become a partaker of his sins. <laughs> it's Biazo. So when this guy came, he was very zealous. I mean, somebody who has come at the cost of one bottle of beer must be very zealous. Very zealous. So everybody wanted to have him around them in their ministry to end the fought. Good fight. Wow. Oh yes, good fight. Good fight. 
I would like to see Sunday mornings that some people are moving around. That's like, who are these? Oh, these are members of this church which is here. Sunday morning, they are out there looking for their people to carry them to church. Yes, that's what we do here. You see where the church is? I said, this church is not on your way to anywhere. It is the way. <laughs> it is the way anywhere. You don't pass through here to go anywhere. Nobody can just take a car. I, I got down here to come to church. There's no getting down. Yes. If you are coming, you are. So if we are here and we are just here coolly and gently waiting for people to come, this building will be useless. After all, when we were building, people said it's a hotel. It's a factory. If it was uh, during this day, they would have said one district, one factory or something like that. <laughs> so Sunday morning, we are out there. Sun Saturdays, evangelism out there. Sundays, organizing. And we would like to meet your people out there as we are organizing the people. And clash with them sometimes. Please, when they come and they tell you that, they had problems with lighthouse people. Just say that the message is working. <laughs> and don't be angry. Yes. Be happy about it. The work is being done. Yes. If we are working, we'll clash. Yes. Number two. Anakazo is important because the people that will fill our empty churches are not in places where they can receive bourgeoisie invitation cards. They are not in places where they can do what? Receive bourgeoisie, executive invitation cards. The man in the Anakazo stories, he sent out invitation cards. But the people who were given the invitation cards, when the time was come, they even went there to call them. And this one says that, I, 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 I've bought land. And dinner, that you are coming for dinner, you are going to look for your land at dinner time. This one said, I bought some Benz cars. I'm going on the motorway to go and try my cars in the night. And the most absurd of all, I've married a wife. So I can't come for dinner. What an opportunity to take your wife out. And then after the outing, you come back home. And then you can say, honey, you see the treatment I've given you today. Look, I promise you, these things, they'll be common in your marriage. And things, good things will happen to you that night. Just take your wife to eat at the expense of somebody. And that's the reason why you can't go. Yeah. So invitation cards and gentle invitation and things, they don't work. They need some force. Am I saying something wrong? I'm preaching violence. You are, you are sure? We are talking about that the church must grow by all means. But for the church to grow, we have to step up. Not only are we doing evangelism, but we are stepping it up to a certain level before it will work. If we don't step it up like that, it will not work. Yes. And people do it. I visited that time Grace Outreach Church. 
because it was close to my house. It was the time that um, I was in Presby. I wasn't even going to church anymore. And I wanted to join Charismatic Church. And they were close to me in Osu. So I went. I went to different places. Yes. But they came to my house. I tell you. And me, I wasn't staying at home also. So every time they come, I'm not there. When I come, so I saw for anybody show the church people came. The church, it's easy. I didn't even know these things because I mean, I, I, I wasn't in Lighthouse and Bishop had not even started teaching these things. Or I don't know. Yeah, Lighthouse had started. But I said, ah, one person who has come to your church, why should you keep coming? They came, I don't know how many times, several times. And if you lived in the area, you see them in the evening. They form a circle by the roadside. They, they pray, and then they go on evangelism. And then they come back, and they come and pray, and they go home. One guy who was opposite my house, we were talking, he said, oh, they came. When they come and even evangelize, they want to lay hands on you to speak in tongues now. And the guy said, look, they lay hands on him. So he started saying some things. And then they left him alone and they went away. This is an akazo. This is what I mean by an akazo. This is what I mean by an akazo. So it's not even just our church that does this thing. Other people are also an akazo. The only thing is that it doesn't drive people out of the church. So the one who says that, yes, yeah, an akazo, so go away. That one doesn't work. Are you still here? Yes. yes. Are you stepping up your evangelism? Yes. Number three, without an akazo, your church is going to be empty. And like we said yesterday, now it is not people waking up and going to church is it? Maybe where your church is is different. So every Sunday you have a number of people who just come on their own easily. This place almost invariably yes people who come they are guided missiles yes yes some computer work or some work has been done on them to bring them into the place somebody is in charge of them yes somebody brought them so just being there and waiting you wait in an empty church but Without an akazo, your church, it will be empty. Why? Because people don't, by themselves, naturally. Yeah. They need your help. Yes. In these days. They need. And everything, people go to work on Sundays. Is that also people, universities. I mean, I don't know when exam came on Sunday in university in Ghana. But now that's what we have. Almost every, the thing they do this is called IA. Eh? Yes, IA. Our time there was nothing IA. It was Bubra. You fool at, at the end of the year, then you write your exam. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> By the end of the year, you have forgotten everything that was taught. Yes, IA is always on Sunday. People are doing weekend school, distance something, uh, uh, workplace, they are going to work on sites. So if we just there, it will never work. Are you there? Number four, without an akazo, 
many churches are going to die a natural death. Say minus my church. Because you are an akazo. Yes, that's why it's minus your church. So it will die. Yeah. Our churches, one of the job my work is because I have churches under me, so I review church attendance and all those things. So my own people listen very well. When I do my reviews, I see that there's no anakazo in the churches. How do you know that there's no anakazo? You see that at best, the church has become phlegmatically stable. At best. That means I am static. Nothing is being disturbed in the church. No, 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 no. You have to disturb something. You have to change something, do something. Then you see the effect here, and you see another effect here, and you see another effect here. Something like if your church attendance is 155, 151, 153, 152, 153, around that area, or the, the reason is what? Anakazo is not in the church. If it's there, we'll see that some, something is happening. Ada is always going up or at a point, so we did this, 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 yes. And then after that, maybe it's stable, it became stable a little, then something. But many times, so it, your church will die. It's not a curse. Yes, your church will die if you are just sitting there and you are watching coolly. Number five, life is becoming more hectic and people are becoming more busy in the 21st century. Busy working people are going to have more and more excuses. The strategy of Anakazo will help you to overcome the excuses. Through your new driving and forceful attitude, you bring many people to Christ and to the church. So people are getting busy. Excuses are getting more and more and more. So let's, let's, let's have this again in our spirit and in our heart and teach it also to our church members and let them know it and understand it and practice it in the church. Yeah. I'm saying that this place in this middle of nowhere, that's the way anybody will come to church is because somebody has been there to invite them or to carry them or to bring them in. That's how it works. And let's overcome excuses. Because in another place, the Anakazo man knows that many of the excuses, they are lies. Yes. Many of them our lies. People find, just like our own church members lie with excuses. Then they who are unbelievers, they'll give you reasons, oh, because of this and because of this, but you have to prevail against the excuses and against the lies and beyond what they are thinking and by all means 
snatch some out of the fire. By all means, some must be saved. Amen. All right. Okay. I think we have said something about forceful evangelism. Now, another thing that is very important about evangelism, where is mega church? I had it yesterday. It didn't come back here. Okay. Oh, let's arrange the books well. Eh? When I see church growth and church planting, I have to see mega church. Now, there's a very powerful chapter in this book. I like it very much. I want to share with you. It's called The Secret of Industrialization. Yeah. We are not about to manufacture anything. We are manufacturing souls. Yes. <laughs> yes. The church will be an industrial area. I tell you. Let's be meeting out there. And let your people be clashing with my people. By the grace of God tomorrow, when he talk about the area work, one of the things is people who are doing the thing, they carry people from far. It's also part of an akazo. Yes. I was interacting with students, our students on an akazo campus in Mampo. And these guys, they said, oh, we bring, no, no, even the first one, um, this person, they were doing some program uh, joint services in the areas, not on campus. They have a church on campus. But not, you see, otherwise, a church on the campus will be for students. Is that not so? Student service. But it's not like that. It's the students... They are the workers in the church, not the members. And now they go out to work and bring members into the church. That's how it is. But if there's no anakazo, it will be student service. How many students are here? Uh, 400, and they are in the service. That's enough. But that's not enough. This guy told me that he goes to Krobodumase. Yes, from Mampong. That the area he works. <laughs> and he brings people. Yes. This other guy, he said, he gets, he brings like 80 people, 100 people. You saw him? Yes. From Nsawam. They go up the Ebri mountain, that the Nsawam part of the distance, and then they are in church. When he said it, I said, wow, Nsawam is my territory. And 
we have churches there. I don't know how many people they are able to organize and carry into their church in Nsawa. You are here. Yes, Nsawa Madwejri. Yes, but somebody from Mampoanakazu, he carries 80 people, 900 people. And he's, I asked him today how many people came. And then he said, oh, today there were only 35. The reason being that he didn't even go to collect them. But as he was there, they have a certain program in the church. So there are times that they go up in their mobilization. At times, they tone down. So it was his tone down day. But he said he started receiving calls from the members. We are ready. We are waiting for you. Why are you not coming? So they quickly had to organize some bars of people to go and get people without provocation. They were ready to come. So 35 people. And he even brought them and I was interacting with them. Yes. So Anakazo even... One of the things is in the book also, it makes you go beyond your boundaries and your normal circles of life. Yes. We do, then we call it also dress down. Because sometimes when you go and invite somebody to church, what dress you couldn't and the better they said that this dressing I don't have some to come into the church. So dress down is t shirt and jeans and no dress and then it's not just to save our Christmas dresses, but again, even in our church you find out that the spirit of that thing is also dying. It's like people will dress down and they will come to church. But dress down is to make it easy for you to carry people and bring them in. Industrialization. The secret of industrialization. Chapter 12 of the mega church. It's about evangelism. I like to think of the future. Hmm? And how things will be like in some years to come. I've often wondered what our church will be like in a few years. As I pondered over the future of the church, the Lord told me that one way I could secure the future was to develop a culture of industrialization. Yes. Culture of industrialization. God instructed me to industrialize my church. He showed me how our nation at that time was only importing goods from Western countries and reselling them at a profit. There is no future in this. The Lord said, have you noticed that the richest nations of the world are all involved in producing important products? Yes, I replied. God showed me that the richest nations of the world would produce cars. The best cars come from the richest countries of the world. These countries are rich because they produce something. The church will be rich in souls if we begin to be spiritually industrialized. You will not be poor. Poor in souls. Yes, not poor in money. And if you are not poor in souls, you will not be poor in money. Yes. Just as the success of the nations of the world depends on their producing something, the 
watch this, listen to this. Just as the success of the nations of the world depends on their producing something, the success of the church depends on her producing souls. The success of the church depends on her ability, the church's ability to produce souls. Yes. And in Ghana, our biggest problem is this. I'm talking of Ghana as a nation. Yes. We don't produce nothing. That's our problem here. I listened, I heard something, it was on radar, just some news, and they were making some analysis. Those were the days when this import duty something, something crisis be that came not long ago. They were reversing or putting some more duty on certain, but it's about rice. And our local farmers were making a lot of noise that if they are supported and protected, they can produce rice to feed the nation. Yes. And don't say that I don't like Ghana rice. I don't even know which one it is and how it is. They, they were making that noise. But then the actions of our government successively no, has been to rather put more impediment in local production and favor importation. Yes. And they made an analysis between Ghana and Nigeria. I was shocked about rice. They started from a certain base here. And Nigeria spent about 840 million to import rice. Ghana was like 360 million or something like that. And they started counting down. Then maybe some years after you see that Nigeria, the thing had dropped, maybe it should be somewhere somebody can search and find it. I heard it on radio. Had dropped from 840 to maybe like 300 million. Then that same year, they go to Ghana, there was a marginal drop. Then they went a couple of years after, and Nigeria had dropped further down. And then Ghana, we had gone up a little. Oh, yes. To the year under review, which was either last year or the year before, they said Nigeria spent only 14 million on rice importation. And we were still around 350, 360 to 400 million on rice. Yeah. 200 million people, they can still produce local rice to feed them. Yeah. And that's what makes the difference. It's cheaper there. We have people there. I don't live there. When they come, they tell us, yes, fuel is so many times cheaper. You say, oh, because they have fuel. We say we have some. 
Don't we have uh, petroleum in Ghana also? Yes. Food, anything. You see, our pastor, even in Lagos, he told me when we are coming to Ghana, we buy things and stuff our car with things that we'll use here. Because here, the things are expensive. That's what he's saying. Bishop Saki went to, uh, where is that? Is it Ibadan? Yes. And as they talk about the difference. But the main thing is that they have forced local production of a lot of, the, like what they eat there, it doesn't come from nowhere. They produce it and they eat. When you are in Ghana, you drive from Accra to Kumase and even beyond. All that you see is green bush, nice green. That means the soil is very good very rich, very feta, but you will not see any farms. Ironically, you will see farms rather in the north where it doesn't rain a lot and things are not... Uh, we traveled all the way to uh, Kwame Danso. It was between Atebubu and Kwame Danso that I saw farm. Farm doesn't mean say oh, they brought me and said six BSC and farm. I'm talking about farm. Yes. <laughs> Plantation that will feed us. Everywhere can grow something. My house that I live in, I planted plantain. Every year it yields. I've never bought fertilizer. I've never done irrigation. I've never, not, I don't do anything to it. The only thing is that maybe in the dry season it will go down. When it rains and it starts coming up, remove some of the things and give it space so that it, I'll harvest and carry some to my mother in Akosombo at the time. Yes, from my house, backyard. No, don't clap because I'm talking about a certain. And we are here, everything we eat we import. So if you say chroma demonstration, let's demonstrate against these things rather. But we are here. Where are the farms? Yes. Industrialization. People are producing and we are eating. Yes. What is an industry? An industry is a deliberately or intentionally organized system. Deliberately or intentionally organized system. It comes out with a well-defined product on a regular basis. So, deliberate, intentional, organization with a product and this product is coming out on a regular basis i read it does not only produce its products when it is convenient nor does it produce goods accidentally an industry is also very profit-oriented. Any nation that does not establish industries is doomed to buy 
secondhand things forever. It is doomed to be at the mercy of those who produce goods and services. When I speak of industrialization, I'm not speaking of making money. I'm talking about churning out souls deliberately and regularly. Mm. I'm a businessman for God. Souls are my current, uh, what is that? And my currency is human souls. Your church would, will have reached an industrial stage when it begins to churn out souls regularly and systematically. The important word here is regular. I know of some car factory that produce one car every three minutes. So, brothers and sisters, the reason why I'm bringing this thing in as I'm talking about evangelism is that we need to organize and reorganize our church in such a way that there is regularity about soul winning and evangelism. Regular. It's something that is happening in the church all the time, not when we have a crusade. How many times can the church have a crusade? And even when you have a crusade, how many of the crusade converts and members or the people you meet end up in the church? And when they come to stay in the church. But if this is happening all the time, it's regular, it's planned, it's deliberate. The church is organized in a way that something is happening all the time. Acts chapter 2, verse 47. Hmm. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily. Such as should be saved daily, regularly. So this is the church that people were getting saved every day. Did he say the Lord added to the church when they had crusade? No, the first crusade, there were 3,000 people. That's what we read yesterday. But afterwards, it's a daily affair. You can call it daily or weekly or in, on a regular basis. So this is what you are saying. That on a regular basis, the Lord was bringing people. People were coming to the church because something was happening. Some work was going on outside there. Some people were moving here. Some people were doing this evangelism here. The church was organized in a way that evangelism was regular and the addition was also regular to reach real mega church. This is what must be that every time there's something. We have in our church, we call it month of evangelism. Uh -huh. I mean, like, at a point it was even difficult. A month, I, I thought we should have another name for it. But every month is month of evangelism. But of course, this month is stepping up evangelism. But it's not like this is the month we are evangelizing. So if your church has a month, this is the month we evangelize. Once for a season or a period or a month of 
the year is not getting anywhere. So to industrialize, just like an industrialized uh, establishment, they are producing, yesterday I told you about the boiler in the textile factory. It's running all the time. I use the word crying. The machine is crying. It's on every time, whether I arrive in the morning, in the afternoon, in the night, any time. This machine, it's, I asked somebody, what machine is? They said it's called boiler. I don't know what it boils. But it doesn't go off. Yes. Always crying. That means it's always working. There must be always a regular churning out of souls in the church. That is what will lead to church growth. But a once a while something, yes, it cannot work. That's why yesterday I said that God willing tomorrow will look at like the area work and how that, I don't know which other way you can do it, but that. Are you still here? Jesus said in Luke 19, occupy or do business till I come. That is industrialized and commercialized with diligence until I come. In other words, Jesus expects us to take the business of soul winning as a very serious enterprise. Soul winning should be intentional and not accidental. And another point that was made is that the industrial, the, if there's an industry, they are also profit-oriented. When they engage in activities, they expect to make profit. The church, when we engage in evangelism, we should expect profit. And what is the profit? The soul, the addition of souls being added daily or added weekly or added, whatever it is, on a regular basis. There's something or some souls that are coming in and they are taking our church from one level to another. That means a pastor must be conscious of what profit is making. Because some churches and pastors are busy, but the profit is very small. You can be a business person. You are very busy, but your profit, your profit is small. Maybe you are engaged or you are spending a lot of time on products that don't bring profit. Pareto principle, 20% of your products will bring 80% of your profit. So it shows you where your effort and your energy must be. So if the church is busy, but people are not being added, let's find out what we are doing. Maybe, I don't know whether it's wrong. It's right, but it doesn't meet the need that we have. What's the need? Souls. We used to have, and I think we still do, I don't know, nice music program in the church. How did we call it? Megafest, Mega yes. And the choir, our choir will come and minister powerfully. Then I look at the church and I say, no. The church will come and sit down and receive nice choir ministration. 
Then somebody, they say, it's time for altar call. Then so have you done that type of altar call before? You are the one they will call because maybe they call me, I won't do. No when you come and do altar call, it's dry. Only churchmen, believers have come to enjoy the sumptuous music for entertainment. I said, no. We can't do this. Come and entertain ourselves in the church. Nice activity, nice everything, but it's not bringing any profit. Because I'm profit-oriented. My choir leaders fought with me. Yes. So for about a year or two, we didn't do two things. Either we are going out of the church to do this program, or there must be massive invitation of unbelieving souls so that when we do that thing, people are born again. Then we'll see that this is a, 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 a real industrialization action. Then we'll go and sleep. What? That I think about it. So what have we done? Where's the profit? Program there, fine. But profit, no worry. So many churches are busy. But ask yourself, how much profit am I making? You are like a business person. This is an activity I'm making. How much profit? And your profit is what? So it's not offering so. Don't think about money. That's if you think about money, no, you are bored lost. You are off completely. It's about souls. What is being added? And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. That is what we are The addition, whether it's daily, whether it's weekly, whether it's my, but the regular addition. So if you don't do altar calls in your church, that's also another big problem. Yes. How do you add? have to have altar calls and if there's evangelism in the church people will one of the ways i measure lack of evangelism is altar call that when you do the altar you say that the people are not there you do the people are not there but when there's work going on we can have so many people filling the front here every week every week every week every week yeah, but if you don't, you see that the tenants are in ground crabbing a buy and ground crabbing, something is wrong. You got to check it. Are you still here? Are you a profit oriented pastor? Do you want profit in souls? Yes. So after missing the program once, twice, or something like that, then we now, we did one uh, outside the Peace FM. Vision one, yes. And they invited um, Ohima Mercy. Outside, people will come. There were, were there not people? People came, they were happy, things, altar. Did you do altar call that day? Was it your altar call? I don't know who did. Was it you? By the grace of God, yes. <laughs> And was it not better than the one you... You see, when you stand in the church, you even not feel like doing... All, well, you know all the people who are sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. But evangelism will always bring 
new and strange people that you don't know. Yes. It's very different. May God help us. Amen. Many pastors are afraid of starting churches because they do not know how to win souls. Others don't know how to follow up and establish converts in the Lord. The only they only know how to break churches and take away half of somebody's church members. No industry turns out a car accidentally. It's deliberate planned exercise. It is time for us to deliberately win souls with the regularity of a factory. Yeah. Have to know how to do it, not how to steal. And if you are here and you stole somebody's members to start your church, look, if you don't return them, you don't even have to, they will, they will leave you. That's how it works. So the way to redeem yourself is after stealing and having them learn how to do evangelism yourself. Otherwise, they will get finished. Yes. The way they came, that's the way they will go. God showed me how to set up the church and ministry to deliberately and regularly win souls. Every my church is divided into okay. That's how it was, and uh-huh. very good. Yeah, yeah. So that time we had ministries, and the ministries were engaging. But now we have area fellowships. We call them basentes. And they are engaged all the time, everywhere, regularly. Actually, when your regular system is working, you even find it difficult to do some other programs. Yeah, because when you do something it even tends to disturb the regular flow of the factory yeah that's what happened even crusade yes one time we were planning for a crusade i look at the thing and i stop the crusade no we will not because we had a swollen sunday coming and then we're doing this. I said, what will happen is that all our efforts and our energy will go into this one crusade. And at the end of the day, how many people will you get from the one crusade? But let us keep the different systems working all over the area and step up in the areas. At the end of the day, this will bring their people, this will be rather than concentrate. I cancel the crusade immediately. Yes. So when the system is working, you even don't want to disturb that flow for other activities that are also good. Is crusade not evangelism? And is it not a good thing? Yes. But you know that when it comes, it changes. An industry is profit conscious. Matthew 13, 45. Against the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. That is souls. So a merchant man, a business person, is looking for 
a stock in trade, pearls, goodly pearls as a stock in trade. And your stock in trade is souls. An industrialized church is concerned with the number of people converted every month. It is biblical to be interested in the number of souls that are being added to the church daily or weekly. That's the verse we read. The Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. It is interesting to note how many pastors rarely do altar calls. Many ministers do not care about the Lord's souls. Instead, they care about how impressive they were and how powerfully they ministered. Mm. After ministering at a convention, the host pastor said something to me that struck my heart. He said, you are the only minister who made an altar call during the convention. I asked myself, have altar calls for salvation become obsolete? How sad. The primary job of the church is being relegated to the background. Altar calls for salvation are compulsory in every service we have. Bishop Eddie is coming. When a church is industrialized, even when the charismatic leader is no more, the church will continue to grow on its own accord. Why industrialize? So that we may increase and not diminish. Jeremiah 29 5 Build ye houses dwell in them, plant gardens, eat of the fruit of them, take ye wives, beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there and not diminish. You will never diminish. Your church will not diminish. Your church is now an industrial center. Your church is now an industrial center. It is an industry. Working. Turning out souls. The church is like a bank. The stock is money. Stock in trade is money and the profit is money. The church stock in trade is what? And the profit is what? Souls. More souls. And the church is like a bank. Their stock is money. They have a lot. They lose some and some become theirs. But when all the monies we send, they lose some and some become theirs. The money that stays with them and become theirs, that's their profit. Our banker is done also. Yes. But before they declare the profit, they had a lot. The church is like that. You have the soul stock in trade a lot. You lose some and some become yours. 
but you need more. That's why the bank, they are doing outreaches and crusades and visitations and counseling sessions. And a casual in the bank. I tell you. Then you said the church there, we should be cool. They do anakazo in the bank. They do visitation. Yes. Home visits. Birthday, I attended a birthday party as a bank official. How sad I was. <laughs> Only this work would take me to a place like this. The man was 70 years. It's a popular name. If I mention, you know. Drink. Wow. Also for what one can share. Over Bob slide. The man, the 70 year old. Me, I don't even know the names of. He was holding bottle, one here, one there, wow. and he was moving and sharing the drinks. It's like drink. Then when he gets to me, he said, "No." I have some cookie. I'll say, ah, how? I branch here like that. This, I mean, to the point I felt bad. Like there's something wrong with me. I tell you, because I was working in a place and I was the official to represent the bank in this thing. So guys, peoples, let's rise up. Oh, yes, we can do it. Who said you can't do it? I heard somebody said here that... Uh, that uh, who is that? He's gone out. Eh? It was in this region, this area. Uh, he was on his way out. Yes. Yes, we can do it. And the church is changing. Because there's evangelism. The Lord is adding daily additions and take stock of the additions don't just come and say well today people came to church but no 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 how many people measured them in two ways one is by the convert that came to the front and convert coming to the front is not old-fashioned yes if you believe in your heart eh? what the Lord Jesus, and what? And you confess with your mouth that his Lord or God raised him from, then you'll be saved. So you stand there, you are believing in your heart, but when they do the altar call and you are able to walk to the front, that's the confession you are making, and it's a bold confession. It can't be old-fashioned. It can't be that now we can't do certain things like, after all, it's in my heart and I believe. If you say you believe, come here and let's say the prayer. What does the prayer say? Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my heart and be my Lord. From today, I will serve you. That's the confession with your mouth. You are confessing it. So if you can move there and come to the front and confess, then there are people who got saved. I mean, like this... Uh, uh, gentleman we're talking about love harmon i don't know whether is the beer okay it, it was it at first something he had drank the thing and he wasn't even coming to the church and he said when he got to the junction of the church he, he didn't know how 
but he just something pulled him and before he knew he was in the church there's a hard guy he had gone to school in uh, Cuba those days do you remember the guys who went to Cuba hard they, I don't know what is there it hardened them yes and I remember his testimony about how he he said when the altar called, he doesn't know how before he knew he was standing there. I think the Holy Spirit just lifted this guy and brought him to the front there. And I've had people who have also said certain that they, before he knew, if it is not important, Holy Spirit will not help them to do. Yes. So you look at your prophet, your immediate prophet by the altar call. That's immediate profit, short term. In the long term, then you can see what is real profit. And then another way also is how many are new. Today is your first time coming. Find out that. Find out that. That's what I responded to in the Grace Outreach Church that I was saying that, that I wasn't a convert, but I was a new person when they interacted with me and like they found me out, oh, it's a Christian, I speak, they, they used to like tongues a lot. I speak in tongues and things, they were so excited. Yes. So we have to take stock because when you are working, you are prophet, your mind is on your prophet, your eyes are on your prophet. Something good must come out of what I'm doing and something good must come out of the ministry that we are engaging and then weigh all your activities, analyze. Some of them, they don't bring profit. You see, the businesses in town, MTN and all those, they don't engage in, you know, just activities we just want to have. They have analyzed everything. People have sat down to calculate the thing to see what addition, what profit, what gain this thing will bring. So as they are doing it, oh, social intervention. We are here to help the disabled or to uh, give some things to the needy and things. Oh, they have sat down in their office and done calculations about all this. That if we do this, it will mean this and it will bring this and it will bring that. So let's do it. If there's no profit, they will never do. I tell you, if there's no profit, they won't do. So please, maybe many of the things you do, you have to look at them again. Bishop calls it polishing and more polishing of the same coin. Polishing and more polishing of the same coin. But the time comes that you have to leave the 99 and go and look for the one missing sheep that is blatting out there because it's lost in the place. And we are spending all the time with ourselves. We are doing wedding, we are doing naming, we are doing what, funeral, and uh, the, this one's a birthday party, and we are there. I'm not saying don't attend your people's birthday party, they shouldn't do. Do parties, invite me also. But the main work is not this one. Yes, it's not to make ourselves happy, but the main work is the souls that are out there. 
for us to attain real mega church and growth in our churches evangelism tell them 120 reasons when will you finish preaching this how can you have 120 all the points are also unique i've used this book i say okay this point is just like this one that no 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 it has something different in it and these are the messages salvation messages yes all this fat book salvation sermons how to preach and you have a crusade you pray and you believe god there's a message here for you you see don't also have those yeah these people they always use books so they don't pray they don't depend on the holy spirit it is not easy maybe it's even more difficult for us because the things are plenty and varied like to have a conference like this it has not been easy i've been there if i want to speak on things oh plenty anything but what is it that's the, the thing but when you believe because what you want to do maybe somebody has done it even bishop himself watched the crusade you find out that the message is preaching very likely is one of these ones over here very likely is one of these ones over here that is preaching you want to invent something that's also okay but make sure it's powerful but if somebody has done it me i'd like to use it I saw one broken down the other day. I said, hey, is that the beginning of anything? Is it not what people have done that we are using? Yes. And then, Anakazo. Where is it? A small, so small that I can't even find it. The industrialization. Yes. You have to industrialize your church we have our church is here it's divided into 10 regions yes and a pastor is in charge of a region and he has other pastors under him who are in charge of centers in the region yes but then they have workers who are basenta leaders so every region has its own evangelistic whatever. It has own sub-industry. <laughs> yes, and they are all producing. Yes. That's why I said that when you do a central something, it's almost like you are disturbing what is going on over there. I've been thinking of crusade now. And I'm also looking at how we, we, we still have to do, but it shouldn't affect certain things. For the past how many months, we have done, like, if you can call it, month of evangelism for a certain region. Yes. Or we call it uh, status swelling. So one region is swelling that means they are 
going to high heights in evangelism, like swelling. So it's like you are the leg. So the leg of the church in July, it was the right leg of the church, which was swelling. Is it July we are in now? No, maybe like April. The right leg, then me. This one, we treat it as it's swollen. It will reduce a little, but it wouldn't shrink back to where it was, the original size. Yes. We ye. Not a scanner, kakra, ye. If you got a pot belly, it will go down a little, but it won't get finished. Then we let the left leg also come and swell in me. So it swells big. Then after that, we are watching it and treating it so that it doesn't lose weight to the former levels again. So that is it. Next time, the month is the so. So each of them have their own activities that they are running, and everyone is heightening the activities at this point. But that doesn't mean that the rest are sleeping. Yeah. So it's like it's working. Here, there, and everywhere at every time. God will help us and we can do it. I said, God will help us. Mega church is possible. Church growth is possible. Increase is possible. Your church is about to experience an upward surge. And God is dealing with frustrations in ministry. Although I said that. If you don't have frustration, I wonder whether you have entered. It is true. But in the frustration, there's also joy that you experience. Yes. You get frustrated, you have some joy, and that's how it is, and you move on. Industrialization for souls is happening, and church growth is happening. Lift your hands and ask God to grant you grace and oil and anointing and the spirit pray that god will grant you the zeal for it let the zeal of the lord do it and as you stand in the church and you talk about evangelism, let there be a rapturous response as never before. Let the response be rapturous as never before. As never before. Let, let, let the Holy Spirit himself touch people and let the church now begin to respond to a new wave of evangelism. Evangelism, a new wave. A new wave. A new wave. A new way. People who didn't respond in the past. Let them respond now. Let them respond now. And let people who ran away from you now even come to you and say that the other time you came, I was there. I ran away, but now I have seen that I need God and I have come. Boldness. Let's pray for the spirit of boldness. 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 Let every fear, every shame, every 
whatever it is that stops us and prevent us. Let it be gone and let us receive boldness to declare. And as we declare, let there be response. Father, we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.